So I always like to tell people that you are never alone. God is always with you. Because God has made up his mind to have a permanent abundance in you. So tell yourself, I'm not alone. I will never be alone. I can never be alone. Because I'm blood bought. He paid the price for that. It didn't just come, it dropped upon you like ripe cherries. You did not want it. You did not own it. But he made up his mind to do that for you and I. He paid the price. You know, I like the song that says, He paid the price he did not hold. No, he paid the debt he did not hold. He paid the debt he did not hold. I hold the debt I could not pay. I needed someone to bar my sins away. And now I sing a browner song, Amazing Grace. That Jesus paid the debt the rightful cannot pay. So you are the one that should pay the debt by dying, by your life. Eternal damnation. But Jesus decided to pay the debt that he did not hold. You know the good thing about it, he did not consult you and I. He didn't ask, should I do it for you? Or were you there? He didn't ask you. He made up his mind to do it by himself. You can imagine. Thank you. He made up his mind to do it by himself. He, did ne he never asked you. Before you were born, before the foundation of the heart, he had made up his mind to bring many sons unto glory. He made up his mind to do that. And so when you came into the world, you came privileged because something has been done for you already. All you need to, to do is to latch upon it, to hold and to believe in it. I always tell people that you did not, you know, I always tell people, you say, hey, invite Jesus into your heart. They say, no, he was one that invited you. <laughs> you can't invite him. Who are thou to invite Jesus? He was the one that gave the invitation by dying. Before you were born, he came and he brought the invitation. He died, he rose again and he gave you the invitation. So when you go to this world, you have to write your name, invitation to Christ. You know, and all you need to do is to accept this invitation and come to the marriage supper. Thank God you made up your mind to do that. And that is why we are gathered together as saints of God in glory. So I always like to say, I thank you, Lord, for giving me this privilege. To relationship with God. At times, I look at people. I work in the secular sector and I look at people how they toil in day and night, trying to establish some areas in their lives they've not been able to fix right from when they were younger. And I told myself, why have I not find myself running elder skelter like these people are doing? Why am I not going from pillar to post? Why am I not consulting pastors to pastors? Why am I not kneeling down before preachers to pray for me? Why have I not taken my children to the mountains? To go and burn candles. I'll be wondering why I have not used holy water. I'm wondering why my mother will bring oil and I will throw it away. I'll tell mommy, don't bring it again. It is not accepted in this house. I wonder when, you know, the children get ill or something, something strange is happening to them. And I did not think of the devil. You know, I'm wondering why all this thing had happened to me. And when my colleagues are there running elder skelter, having many pastors to call by, to call upon. At times, they tell me that when something happened at midnight, they had to call about five pastors to pray for them so that the children would not die, so that something wrong would not happen to them. And I wonder, I have, have I not once in my lifetime had reasons to wake up all night in the morning because of, all night because of a child, and why it has never crossed my mind to call any pastor to pray? I never thought of it even to call Revo himself because I know it is a relationship between I and God. That is the truth. I had never thought of calling anybody. I always tell my colleagues, I said, I've never knelt before a pastor to pray for me as long as I have received the word. Maybe before I received the word, my parents take me there. But after I received the word, I said no. So I wonder, is it that I'm so good? No. Is it that I'm so devoted? No. Is it that I know scriptures? You soon know I don't know anything. But the fact remains that I held out onto something, my relationship with God. I know that nothing can take that away from me because, you know why? Because he did it alone. Praise God. Because he did it alone, the invitation is him and I accepted it. The one that holds me is him. So I couldn't have fallen. If I fell, then he would have failed. 
So because he cannot fail, I cannot fall. You understand? So I held on to this this simple thing. And I always like to, no matter what I preach, I always go back to our relationship with God. Because that is the, that is, that is the center focus of our, of our faith, our relationship. I want to ask you, you have had one relationship with the other in your life, maybe when you were younger, maybe when you were in school. There must be a reason why you developed such relationships. There are some things you have seen. Oh, I like that girl, I like that guy. My brother is so nice. At times you are about six in the family and you tell yourself two by two. Have you ever noticed that? Some people, they are about six in the family. You see that this one, the fourth is closer to the third. And the fourth to the last. And you understand? Because they saw something in self that attracted them to each other. It's, at times, it's impossible for all the six to share the same relationship. Praise God. It is quite difficult, even between husband and wife, between mother and children. It is so difficult unless you walk in the world. You understand? You want to look at one child and say, this is my favorite. But you say no. Because they are all the same in the sight of God. Praise God. So, what is a relationship? Let me ask you. What do you think a relationship is? What is a relationship? Has it ever crossed your mind? At times, those relationships you have been. You know, the problem you have, you never define your relationship. You don't know what relationship is all about. You know, when you know what relationship is all about, you'll be able to know the thin line. You know your limitations. You know how far you will go. You know your boundaries. You know what to do and not what to do. You know where to take, press, pause. You know where to put full stop. What is a relationship? A relationship can define as an association, a connection. Something like an association, a connection. You are co somehow connected somewhere. Say, ah, we are connected, Sha. Praise God. I don't know why. That girl, I, I come. Just, you're just connected. You just feel. I just feel her. I feel him. I just like. I don't even know why. You are connected. It's a connection. A relationship can actually be defined as a connection. I like this way. A relationship is the way in which two or more people or being behave and are involved with each other. You know, one or two people or more people or being behave and are involved with each other what is the business and platform of our relationship with god what actually is the basis the platform of relationship you know there's a song we can say we cry about father hallowed be your name hallowed be your name hallowed be your name you know what is the platform of relationship why do I call him father? Why do you call your father father, your heartly father? Why do you call him father? Why are you identifying him? There is a connection. Why do you call, what is the relationship between you and God? Can you answer it to yourself? What is my relationship with God? That is where we should start from. From the very elementary, what is our relationship with God? Let's see John 15, John chapter 15, verse 13. Can you project it? Is it possible? John chapter 15, verse 13. It said, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man should what? Should do what? Lay down his life for who? For his friend. And let's go to 1 Peter 1. 1 Peter 1, 3, 4 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 5. Can we see it? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy had begotten us again into what? A lively hope. A lively what? A lively hope by resurrection of Jesus from the dead. He has begotten us. The reason why you have a connection with your father on heart is because he did what? He begot you. The reason why you have a connection with your father, heartly father, your parents on heart is because he begot you. But this time around, Christ, God begot us by what? By the resurrection. So you have a connection with him. There is a connection.
It is not just saying it ah, I'm born again. There is, a, there is an established connection that you cannot deny at all. It is a connection between you, God, and yourself. Who did it? Christ paid the price. And that is why it is infallible. There is a connection. The connection between you and your earthly father is a blood. You know, they said the blood of your father, the DNA ran through you, right? What runs through you if it is God? Does God have a DNA? Funny enough, God doesn't have a DNA. He doesn't have a DNA, but what connected you? What? Eternal life. What brought about eternal life? The Holy Spirit. That is it. Your father begat you and have a blood connection, right? Because he begat you. But this time around, it is a resurrection from the dead, which is done by Christ Jesus. And the DNA here is who? The Holy Spirit. Is the attestation. It is a testament. It is, it is a connection between you and the father. So when Christ resurrected and ascended into heaven, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit came and he became a comforter. It became the connection between us and the Father. He redeemed us. He translated the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his son. And he did something new. We are eternally connected to God by the Holy Spirit. You know what? He said, he will remain with you. The connection remains with you. He's not going anywhere. You know why the relationship with God is different from the relationship with the hearty people here? You know, we say that, ah, out of sight is out of mind. You can never be out of sight from God. Because he oversees every affairs of us. He knows everything. I say he's the one that knows the hand from the beginning and the beginning from the hand. He's the unchanging changer. The one that draws a light in which no man can approach unto. Heaven is thy throne and heart is thy footstool. The eyes of the Lord watches over the righteous. It overs over the world. And there is no way you can let loose from this connection. Out of sight can be out of mind for the relationship of this world. Pastor Fumi will soon graduate. Pastor Toby, I mean, Pastor, what? See me, right? And after a while, I forget you. <laughs> That's the truth. I, it's not as if I, I'll just, ah, yes, 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 this truth. There are many people I've forgotten, sincerely. I'm like, hmm? which year was that? Who left, who left? You know, at times I see them on Facebook, I see them, I say, ah, this, 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 this. Now, that's the truth, it's not my fault. It's just because I'm flesh, I'm carnal. You understand? I'm flesh, and I tend to forget, and I figure your face. But if you are relevant to me, I'll keep reminding, remembering you, you know, when we are close, when we are talking, when we are relating. We keep relating, we keep talking, we keep communicating, we will soon get there. You become relevant to my life, so I can't forget you. But the moment it's out of sight, then it's out of mind for the world. But with God, it is not so. What a wonderful relationship. With God, even if you think you are out of sight, say, where will I go to the highest place? You know, you can, you, you said, where can I go from your love? You know, you can't, there's no way you can hide from God. The relationship is held by him. It's not held by man. It is not held by DNA. It is held by the spirit. The connection is by the Holy Spirit himself. So there's nothing like, I did not pray for a long time. So for proximity's sake, I am far. It is highly erroneous to feel like that I am far from God. How can you be far from your maker? I don't understand. How can you're not praying and you're not reading your Bible make you far from God? You are not far. He's very near. It is in your mind that you are far because you are carnal. Your mind is not renewed. So you feel you are far. You know, at times, when you grow up and you start making money, and you're not sending money home, your mommy gets angry. That by the when you call him Obinko, you're very, very stupid. You know? <laughs> and she gets angry with you. And, but God is not like that. 
Because you are not linked by DNA. You are linked by the spirit himself. Understand? Who is not moved or touched by such things? You are connected to God. Praise God. So, you are connected by status. Your sonship is positional. Praise God. Your status changed. So you become a son. You became a son. You are, you are in relationship with God. And because you are in relationship with him, your status changed totally. You are not just anybody. You are begotten of the father. So you are a son. For God has not given all the spirit of body again the fear, but the spirit of love, power, and of his sound mind. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us that should be, should be called the sons of God. It is a positional truth. It is not done because you are working for it. It is not done because you are scribing for it. It is done because you did something. You accepted this invitation and positionally you are translated into the kingdom of his son. So you remain in the kingdom as a son. So what I'm trying to establish is that you can never be far away from God because it is positional. It is status. By status, you are his son. So proximity doesn't come to bear. Praise God. Let's open our Bibles to Galatians 4, 6. Galatians 4, 6. I want somebody to read. I love people reading. Just read. Somebody should just read. You can read from the rear. Sister Rebecca, read. Okay, it's not... Galatians 4, 6. Yes. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, crying Abba, Father. Father. Ephesians 3, 12. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith in him. Praise God. Hallelujah. It has been established that we have sons of God in glory. We made it look like human relationship. In our times when you consider your relationship with God, it's like it's human. You tend, you know, you are somehow made to believe that compare, let me say compare, your relationship with God with relationship with man. So you tend to have some guilty conscience and some things you do because of your limitations. But the truth of it is that you are sons, praise God. But one thing is very, very paramount. You are sons. But as a son, you need to work as a son. As a son, you need to work as a son. So this leads us to working in him. Praise God. It has been established that we are sons, but we should work as sons. It leads us to our identity with Christ. How can you walk if you don't know your identity? How do you know your identity? Do you know your identity by just being born into a family? No. You grow to discover your identity. You grow to discover who you are in that house of yours. You are the last born, aren't you? You grew to know you are the last born. When you were born, you thought you were born. Like every other child. But as he grew, discovered that, eh, I must come portal. I'm the last born here. <laughs> Praise God. You grew to understand relationship. How you relate in that home of yours. When you got married, you know, the funny thing about marriage is that before you get there, you'll be, ah, you'll be daydreaming. When you get there, you shine your eye. <laughs> say, wow, 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 wow. You understand? You hope you say, ah. I've seen, you know, I've seen people that when they got married, they were holding their hands together. After a while, they part the hands. I said, come, 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 come here. What happened to those hands? <laughs> and they laughed. <laughs> what? 
you know, and that's how it is. It's beautiful. But the hand just went apart. Uh, what happened now? Everybody for himself, God for us all. You know, at times it's just, it's just like that. You grow in a relationship to discover the reality in a relationship. You are a son in God. You need to understand who I am in this God of mine. That is why you think you are far. You are not far. You are very near. You are close. In fact, it's a personal truth. But my work with him, how is my work in God? How had been your work in your family? Have you represented your family well? Do you have an identity in that family? Can it be said of you that you hail from that family? Or they will say, show me bija. That's the question people can ask. That's does Timmy belong to his family? Or does it, you know, such thing. You have, you are in God. And I want to take a walk in the new life I have received. How do I do this? That is the main challenge Christians have. How to walk in him. And you know what? I discovered that Christians don't like to study the manufacturer's manual. We like to say it, you know. People like to come to church and listen to preaching. But they don't like to open their Bibles to read. People like to pray more than to read. One of my babies said, uh-uh. She used to talk in tongues now. I talk it for 30 minutes. <laughs> I said, do you read your Bible? Say, uh-uh. She about spoken in tongues. Say, uh-uh. It's not the same. They walk hand in hand. And I discovered that people, because they talk in tongues, it becomes an escape route. You know, I heard people say, ah, okay, he's allowed to talk in tongues. I said, your prayers is not sacrificial. If tongues would have been difficult, then you will not pray in tongues. Are you getting it? Are you talking in tongues because it's so easy? Uh, at least I don't have to think of what to say. I'll just talk in tongues. I'll just talk in tongues. I'll just talk. But when you have to read your Bible, you have to sit in one place. You have to concentrate. You have to read lines after lines. You have to engage your senses. You have to engage your eyes. You have to, then you get tired. Oh, it's boring. It's boring. But how do you discover yourself in God when you are not giving yourself over to scriptures? How do you walk in, in him when you don't know him? He knows you. He bought you with a price. You accepted him. But you need to know yourself in him. Who am I in this God? Who is God to me? How am I supposed to relate? What am I supposed to do as a child, as a son? What will my relationship with God do to my daily life activities? How will it influence me? How will it impact my environment? That is the question you should ask yourself. What am I doing with God? We have said he has bought us with the price. It is a positional truth. By status, we are his. He is not far from us. We are not far from him. Forever, he remains with us. The Holy Spirit is there to teach us and guide us into all truth. But how about discovering yourself in this reality? My brothers, my sisters, it is impossible for you to walk right in him without reading your Bible. No matter how hard and difficult it is. Relationship motivates us to what? To communication. For example, if you have a new friend, you don't have to be dating the person, just a new friend. It can be a guy to a guy, brother to a brother. You are interested. You want to see him the more. You want to relate. What do you do? You communicate. You communicate. You talk. You, it, you dialogue. It is in talking you're talking to. You begin to discover who this person is. Then you begin to tell yourself how far I can go with this person. As you understand yourself in those relationships. You begin to find out. Ah, I can go this far. I cannot go this far. I can go this length. This is somebody I can marry. This is not person I can marry. This person I can do this. I can do that. You begin to understand by communication. And communication is not just by talking. 
People think communication just has to do with talking, 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 talking. If you talk too much, the person will get out of you. At times, communication also has to do with studying the person. You are watching. You are observing. You are looking at the person secretly while he or she is not observing you. You are trying to read between the lines without talking at all. So communication is not about talking, 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 talking. It's about observing. It's about relating. It's about understanding. When you are communicating without understanding, you are doing nothing. It is communication, observation, understanding, then you start getting along. I don't know how you want to get along without your Bible. Because the Bible itself tells about you and I. It is the instructional material you should use for your life. It is God's, I said, I wrote here. Let me see if I can find it now. Talking about the Bible. The Bible is more valuable than all the books in the world. Because it tells us about this world and the world to come. It is priceless. It is the Christos revelation to his creation. It is the Creator's revelation to his creation. It is a mind of God to you. That's what we are talking about. The Bible is a mind of God to you. So if you are not studying the word, how will you understand the mind of God towards you? And you cry, Abba Father. You sing it. We cry, Abba Father. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be. Sing it now. Hallowed be your name. We cry, Abba Father. You're not singing, no. Sing now. We always sing it. But how hallowed is God to you? That is the truth. How hallowed. We say this is the creator's manual revelation to the creator, to the, to the creation. So, but you have left it aside. You are not looking at the scriptures. You are not studying it. You are not looking at the mind of God. So then, how do we want to walk in him? How do you want to understand his thoughts towards you? Why won't you pray the wrong prayers? Why won't you run elter skelter? Because what should have been the foundation of your faith, you have thrown away a long time ago. You need to know what is happening outside there. I think we are privileged. I tell you the truth. We are indeed very privileged. When you listen to the testimony of women, when a woman sees Lylon pass here, it's a demon. She just... Spirit in you. Amen. I sent it back. I said, really? You sent it back? You know, I think when you talk, I was just like, really? But you know what? I can't preach to such a person because the foundation is warped. You just be wasting your time. You have to start from getting born again. You see, they are born, and they are born again. But where will you start from? The foundation is destroyed. What can the righteous do? Do you understand? What can the righteous do? But the issue is that when they ought to read the Bible, they were reading Psalms. When they ought to read the scriptures, they were singing the song of Solomon. When they ought to study the Bible, they were reading Isaiah. They were look, reading the wars. The songs of wars and how it was won. So they began to war in their life because that is what they are given to. They never thought of the victory they have in Christ. They did not know that one. They did not understand the relationship at all. They only understand the relationship between the pastor and the Kong praying for them. So where will you start from? Somebody said, I am afflicted. I say, ah, you are zeroing. Ah, he is afflicted though. The issue is that what they ought to know, they did not know. But the irony of it is that 
What you know, you are not taking serious. What you know now, you are taking with levity. It is not important to you. My brothers, my sister, coming to church is not enough. Your relationship with God by reading the scriptures and praying in the spirit is the most important thing. Because when you are left all alone, it is you and you and you alone. I was telling a woman, I said, look, you are pregnant. When you go to the labor ward, you talk in tongues there. Because your husband is a pastor, but he's not there. It is your own battle. You are, you are the one in charge. So you are expected to go there and be the hemoji and bring forth the child. Glory, hallelujah. So when you bring all the child, say, glory, glory, glory. When you do not, ah, <laughs> what do you do? My mother, my sister-in-law once told me that she was in labor and the baby came forth and they said the baby is still bad. She said, no, 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 no. Only the living will come out of the living. I said, yes, yes. Glory. Only the living will come out of the living. And so I held on to that long time. You can say, yes. How can the dead come out of the living? Ha! Impossible. I am a living being. I must bring forth the living. The baby came. She said, and the baby came up. I said, yes, that's it. A lot of a pastor's wife. Some years ago, I was working in the battle. And a man is a pastor. He goes around preaching. And the woman was at home. And a baby girl got sick and gave up the ghost. She said, ah, what will I tell him when he comes back? She must leave. Sincerely, say, ah, this girl has been left in my charge, in my possession. Ha, what will I tell him? This baby must, the baby woke up. She raised her. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about somebody that will call, pastor, Revo, where are you? You understand? Because it is relationship. It is your own discovery. It is how much you have worked in him. That is the assurance you have as a Christian. When you come to church, you are taught the word. What you should do is to stay in the word. Open your Bibles and read. He said, whereby when ye read, ye shall what? Ye shall understand. And when you understand, you shall assimilate. When you assimilate, you shall live by it. If you understood it, you did not assimilate, you did not live by it, you did not understand. At times when I'm teaching my children, I say, I understand. I say you did not understand. She will shut up. Oh, go yeah. Oh, catch. You know? Oh, yeah. Say, I know, I know. I say, ah, oh, just keep your mouth shut. Understanding listening is different from hearing oh you may be hearing me and not listening do you know maybe look at me like this and you are not hearing anything you can be hearing and you are not understanding you understand you can understand and you are not applying you just understood so that you can tell somebody else you know, at times, we got the word, we receive it, we master it, we memorize it so that we can go and date somebody. That is not it, though. It is not it at all. We are talking about receiving the word, going back to it, understanding it, assimilating it, and walking by it. If you are not walking by what you have learned, then you have all men most miserable. You must have wasted your time. You must have wasted resources. You must have wasted five years in BLF. When you go out there and you cannot impact your home. Sister Rebecca, when you get married and you cannot, you cannot take over. Take over. That church, in the Corinthian church in your house. Glory. The Corinthian church in your house, then you are one man most miserable. Some women tell me that their husband does not like to do prayer meetings. I say, You do it. 
You do it. My siblings does not like prayer meeting. You conduct it. They will join you later. You do not do the encouragement from anybody. Because your relationship with him, you understand. It is not mere say, it's not just gathering. I know whom I believe. Things that are not being done, you initiate it, you start doing it. That house of yours begins to receive influence. When I go out in the morning, I say, house, you will not consume your inhabitants. I go. That is it. I drop a word in that house and I leave. I don't expect to come back and find stories because I've led the word there. Let the word work in your life. Work in it. Don't just put it in your head to go and tell somebody. No. Let them read your life and say, ah, this is a testimony. Praise God. Let's Passive evangelism emanate from your life. You don't need to talk. They don't need to see. They need to observe. They need to notice you. Your siblings. Your family members. You need to impact them because you are in relationship with God. I like the book of Hearts. I love the story. Acts 27. I love the man Paul. He's, he's awesome. He is an example of a man that understands relationship. And in circumstances, he can take charge. Acts 27, verse 10. It was Paul on a voyage with other prisoners. Are you there? And said unto them, Sir, I perceive that this voyage will be with hot and much damage, not only of the laden and sheep, but also of our lives. Paul received a revelation there, right? He had a knowing that such thing is going to happen. Paul was a prisoner. He was moving with the prisoners. And he received the revelation that it's not that the ship that will get damaged, but their lives too. So what did he do? He told them, that was warning. He warned them. Paul warned them. I don't want to waste our time. I want to go straight Paul warned them and later something happened there was a wind the northeaster wind they call it hurricane blow came upon the, the plane the, the ship and it shook and it was obvious that there was trouble it was obvious that there was trouble and after a while Paul told them that, ah, Shibi, I told you that so, 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 and so will happen. Let's read on. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. Let's go on. And because the heaven was not commodious to winter in, the more part, the more part advised to the part things also. If by any means they might attain to Phoenix and there to winter, which is an haven of Crete, and light towards the southeast and the northwest. Let's move on. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, losing things, they sailed close by Crete. You know, at this point, they thought that the revelation Paul had will not materialize. They were wise. You know, they were wise. They felt, but Paul was not, was not moved. At least he has told them. But not long after, the, there arose against it a temperance 
wind called Aerocladon. Let's go on. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. Let's go on. And running under a certain island, which is called Cleder, we had much work to come by the boats, which when they had taken up, they used herbs on the garden of the ship, and fearing least they should fall into the quicksands, struck sail, and so were driven. And we being exceedingly tossed with the tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. They are using human wisdom. Are you following? And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor star in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Paul understood by relation that there was trouble. He told them, but they did not what they did not bother about it. Let's go on. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sir, ye should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this arm and loss. Something happened. Paul told them about the revelation. But they did not agree. But one thing I liked Paul for was that he didn't say, ah, you're on your own. Shut up. He did something. He arose to the task. He made up his mind that since he is in this ship, myself and those that are with me will be saved. It takes relationship. That cannot be done because you come to church and go and yarn somebody. That is relationship. In the midst, in, in death, you, your understanding of God tells you what to do. In crisis, your understanding of God tells you what to do. In confusion, your understanding of God tells you what to do. At crossroads, your understanding of God dictates what to do. In illness, the understanding of God tells you what to do. In seeking for options, in school, the understanding of God tells you what to do. Options between two best things, the understanding of God shows you the beginning from the end. Are you getting it? So you cannot play down on relationship. You're reading the Bible, you're studying the word of God, you're talking in tongues, you're being alone with God, tells you what to do. You know what? When you give yourself over to the study of God's word and to prayers, the eyes of your understanding is enlightened. That is what happens to you. You are quickened. You know what to say. You are cross, so you said no. Paul could have died with them. But along the line, he said something. Let's go on. And now I exhort you to be of good cheers, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. Let's go on. For there stood by me this night, Jesus. I love this. It has always been my point of call. Sincerely speaking, this is just my favorite scriptures. There stood by me the angel of God whose I am and whom I serve. So, Ejo, sorry, can you say this? Can you say this in, in death? Can you say this in pains? Can you, this time around, the sun and the stars had not been out for days. And he told them to be of good chest. It's only Paul that can be of good chest. I'm telling you the truth. It is only Paul. Because it's only Paul that knew what he saw. It was only Paul that had an experience with God. It is only Paul that can say that because of his encounter with Jesus. No other one can say that in that boat. Because you don't say that just for saying sake. It is not possible. 
It is not possible to sing, to, to sing that song in debt unless you have an encounter with God. Unless you have a relationship. Whose I am and whom I serve. Let's continue. Saying, fear not Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God had given thee all them that sail with thee. Can it be said of you? Can your house catch fire? There is an inferno in your house. And you say, fear not. Emoji. Is it possible? And you say, it is not by mouth. <laughs> it is sincerely speaking. Brush Is it possible? There is a, are you sure? Jemima. You are looking like this. In fact, it's, see, this encounter can only come with irregular communication with God. It is not mouth. It is not, eh? So that you know I'm hemorrhage. It doesn't work that way. This is conviction. Even Paul told them that they were not in good chairs. They were just like, mm. you discovered they were not in good chairs because after a while, they started applying human wisdom also. And he told them that, look, all you centurion, you will, keep, you will die you, unless you stay in this ship. That you will lose your life. They wanted to escape. But he told them that, look, that is not an escape route. Where you feel there is death is life. Are you getting it? Where they feel is death is a life. Where they see us and a, a, a place of escape is where death is it. It's where death is. Are you getting it? Some things you see and you feel like, ah, this is a good road to, to follow. This is a good road to follow. Remember we always say that straight roads lead nowhere. He said, straight roads. If I leave this place and I walk, I'll go and hit my head against that brick. Straight roads leads nowhere. It's straight. It looks clear because I can just see straight. But it leads nowhere. Why? Because when you get to a place, you have to turn. It is intuition that makes you turn to the right place. Praise God. It is understanding of God that makes you to turn left or right. I always tell people, have you seen the river flow? Have you ever observed a river flowing? Flowing. It's flowing. How does it flow? Somebody tell me. Huh? It bends to. It just. And that is how some Christians are. They just flow with the world. They flow with life. They flow with life. The life goes like this, they go like that. It's time to go to school, they go to school. It's time to return, they return. It's time to go to church, they go to church. It's time to do it, it's all fellowship, they go to fellowship. You know, routine. Your life is a routine. It's, it's not determined by what the Spirit is saying. It's just routine, it's just going. So, it takes you here, it hits your head here. It takes you, you fall there. It takes you, you make progress there. It takes you, you come down again. It takes you anyhow. But a life directed by the Spirit of God, lived by the Spirit, it's not so. Even if there's going to be a trouble, you will know. Just like Paul knew. Paul knew there was going to be trouble. So he announced it, but he didn't answer him. Beautiful. But in spite of the fact that he didn't answer him, he still stood up and said, Here with me, the angel of the Lord, whose I am and whom I serve. Can you say that I don't know what they hold, but I know him that holds the day? Can you say that? Can you say that? I don't know what they hold, but I know him that holds the day. If you know him that holds the day, then you know what the day holds. You don't know. 
That is an equation. I don't know what today holds. But I know him that holds the day. And because I know him that holds the day, I know what the day holds. Because I know him that owns the day, he will tell me what the day holds. That's what it means. Because I know him that holds the day, then he that holds the day will always tell me what the day holds. So simple. So all I need to know is him that holds the day. But when you have left him that owns the day, and you are chasing after what the day holds. And that's what we do. You have left him that holds the day. You have left understanding. You have left revelation. You have left him. You don't bother about the world. You don't bother about being alone with God. You are not in the solitary place, talking in tongues, receiving, knowing what to do. Personally, when I get into trouble, I stand and I say, I am seeing the end from the beginning. Because that is the attribute of my father. And I say, I give these challenges 10 years. Because I know I will live that 10 years. I will. When I look at some, I say, mm, I'm not bothered. I'm giving you this. I give you a long, a long group. Because I know him that owns the day. It is a factor that is important for life. Don't let's lose track of our Christianity. Our Christianity is based, far, far based on our relationship with God. Our day-to-day -day life is relationship. And if our day-to-day -day life is relationship, how dare you play with your relationship with God? You cannot play down on it. Praise God. On a final note, let's turn our Bibles open. Second, Second John, chapter one, verse six. Sister, Sister Rebecca, Rebecca, read. I think I like your voice, so read. <laughs> Second John one six. Yes. And this is love, that we walk after His commandment. This is the commandment that, as ye have heard from the beginning. You should walk in it. As you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. You cannot make progress with God unless you walk in Him. First John 2 3. First John 2 3. It's always good to read. Look into your Bibles and read. First John 2 3. Okay, first John 2 3. And hereby we do know that we know Him if we keep His commandments. Praise God. Hallelujah. What will you do without walking in him? There's nothing. There's no way out with your Christian growth if you don't exercise these things. Studying the word of God, praying in tongues, being in a solitary place, being alone with God. There was a time I was in a meeting and I said, let's open our Bibles to first, I mean to Timothy. No, to Titus. And I said, begin to read. And they read chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. So at the end of chapter 3, I said, how many minutes have we spent? They said 10 minutes. I said, then why don't you read your Bible? Are you getting it? We read chapter 1 together, chapter 2, and chapter 3. 
I said, okay. When they first read chapter one, they looked at me. Should we stop? I said, no, continue. Chapter two. Should we stop? I said, no, continue. Chapter three. I said, okay. The time, 10 minutes. No, it was nine minutes, few seconds. I said, then, why don't you read your Bible? It has taken just 10 minutes to read three chapters, just 10. And we were not raising. We were taking our time. And majority of those people understood what we read. In fact, they understood the flow. It became so interesting to them. Then I asked them, then why can't you sit down and read three chapters at once? These are the same set of people that I told, well, let's start studying the word. Let's start from um, the book of Acts. Let's read chapter 1 and 2. They say, ah, it's too much, oh. It's too much, ah. Chapter 1, let's start with 10 verses per day. I said, ah, 10 verses. What would we do with 10 verses? <laughs> so, the day we came together, I said, okay, no problem. And we, just nine minutes, few seconds. And I begin to wonder why we don't engage ourselves with detailed Bible study. Because that is the only way we can make progress. Life is challenging. That is the truth. When you, when you graduate from school, you begin to realize that life itself is challenging. And without the word, without working in the world, without learning these things, it will be so difficult. You know why people graduate from here and they say something else? Because while they were here, they never encountered the word. They were born again, but they did not encounter the study of the word. So it was never part of them. We call them rejoicers at the word. You know why you rejoice at the word? Glory! That is rejoicing. You just rejoice. Glory! That's great. That's great. You recite. You do this. You do that. You are full of activity. You are moving here and there. So you are rejoicing at the word. So when you left the stage of rejoicing, ah, <laughs> and you are at the crossroad, you are married and you don't have children, ah, we were talking in talks in school, you did not get a job, you had an ailment, you got a job, you were sacked, you had, you did not get married on time, you, you know, many things just start happening to you, and you are like, what is this? Let me just go to Winners and take some oil and wash my head. It is obvious that you are a rejoicer at the word. It is obvious. Ladies and gentlemen, before you can say you have indeed done well with the study of the word of God, you need to be exposed to some challenges. You need to get to a stage where you are determined and you say that I know him whom I am, whose I am, and him I serve. You need to say that though I do not know what the day holds, but I know the God who holds the day. I should, not, I should be able to say, though I do not understand, but I know he will never fail me. I need to stand and say, in the midst of crisis, God would always be God. He changes not. You need to get to a stage in your life where situations and circumstances will not determine your fate. Will not determine where you are going. What will determine is your belief in him. The word did not promise us money. He did not promise us wealth. He didn't say you will not come at crossroads. But he said, be of good cheers. For you have overcome the world. Rise to your feet. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Our relationship with God. Our relationship with God. He is good and his mercy endures forever. Such a simple message, your relationship with God is irrevocable. But you have to walk in Him.
you have to understand who you are in him you have to pay attention give attention to the study of god's word and to pray in the spirit you have to know how to be alone with god you have to suffer your body fasting praying be determined in your life that he is god and god and no one else no matter what i'm going through no matter how life could have painted things i know whose i am and i know whom i serve at the end of the day paul was able to serve himself and those in the ship because of a relationship with god if not for paul they could have undergone a shipwreck and they must have lost their lives but Paul stood in the midst of the storm and he determined which way to go will you be able to determine which way to go in life situations and circumstances will you live by his word and walk in him Take heed how ye walk. Thank you, Jesus. Let's talk in tongues a while. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Jes